All right, guys, welcome to another episode on the podcast. Got myself Ryan, my boy Squints, and our friend Max, who sells money for a living. That's right. Yeah, so. What the fuck is selling money for a living? Selling money. Well, it could be anything, uh, but really what we do is originate loans and sell them to investors, loans specifically on uh, real estate, on all types of real estate. So a building like the one that we're in right now, a house, an apartment building, you drive around, we're in LA, so if you drive around and you're looking at all these construction projects going on, you know, where did that guy get the money to do all of that? And who is the one that put up the money? A lot of times, it's people, you guys, me, those guys sitting over there, just anyone listening, those are the people that put up the money a lot of times for those projects, and we're the group that kind of puts that together. So just to clarify, sometimes it wouldn't be just one person putting up the money, it'd be like the three of us getting together to give someone money. Yeah, it can be like that. There's really three ways. There's a group of people like us getting together and doing it as individuals. There's funds where people put their money into as like a pool and it's spread out over a bunch of different real estate loans. Um, I guess two ways. Those are the two ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in a fund, you would you would probably have like a standard rate of return or something that's a sliding scale type of deal. Mm -hmm. And then you guys uh, are responsible for being custodian for for anything like a real estate fund or a, a stock fund. Or, exactly. Yeah. Just but, deciding which uh, properties to lend on, which loans make sense and, and what fits within the schematic of what those investors in the fund, you know, thought they were getting into from the beginning. Yeah. And, and then your company manages the loan. I don't have to, if yeah. I were to invest. We manage the loan. Some other companies will outsource the management. They call it servicing to a, to another third-party company. But our company, Marquee, we, we do it in-house. We service it in-house. Yeah. And then this is for development or not like refis and stuff, mostly like developing projects and you things of like that nature. It's anything. Really? Yeah. It's refis. Case-by-case case basis. You know, it's, it's buying a first house buying a second house so you guys will do owner occupied yeah yeah interesting and that happens a lot right now because the the market for houses is so crazy it's so competitive uh, that you can't really is it it's hard in this area to uh buy a home for rental and to be able to yeah well, make that work right now huh? it's hard in general just to get in the door so you have yeah. to make an aggressive offer or a cash offer um you know typically you buy a house and you get a traditional mortgage from a bank Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, they give you a traditional mortgage. It takes 30, 45 days to get that. You have to have all your paperwork in. A seller right now of a house in today's market doesn't want to wait that long. No. So come to a group like us. Uh, we can put the deal together in like 10 days oh, and wow. get you in fast. You give the seller an offer that's super attractive to them. Then all of a sudden you rise to the top of the, the competition in terms of the buyer pool. So that's one way we do it. Uh, another thing in today's market that's really interesting is just like timing. So uh, let's say you already own a house and you want to buy another house, but you have to figure out that gap between when do you sell the house you live in and move into the new house and how do you time that all? Do you get a rental? Do you put all your stuff in storage it's while a you're lot. waiting? It's a lot. So yeah. what we do a lot of right now is we'll actually uh, lend on say your old house and at the same time on the new house you want to buy and then you know you move in we give you enough money using both of those houses as collateral for the loan to buy the new house completely outright without having to come out with any money out of pocket because you have the equity in your old house wow. wow so then you just sell the old house after you've moved in after you've closed you pay back the loan through the sale of the old house 
And then if there's a little balance left on the new house, that's when you go to a little regular bank or credit union or something and refinance the balance. It's a bridge loan. So I got you. a ton of that right now for people that want to buy a new house, but so have speed, trouble timing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not dealing with the regular standard financial institution, big, mm -hmm. big, big branch bank. You're getting speed, um, a little bit more flexibility probably from you guys. Yep. A little more flexibility in terms of what we need to look at in order to qualify you for sure. There's a lot of, 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 uh, entrepreneurial type of jobs in the Los Angeles area, obviously, mm -hmm. that maybe a bank would frown upon mm -hmm. or wouldn't necessarily take on a financial mortgage type of liability to like, I mean, it's hard for a chick on OnlyFans or <laughs> a guy that runs a podcast and gets YouTube money. I mean, financial institutions, I'm not sure that they quite understand those type of deals. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you could probably look at other means of financials and say, I feel like this is a stable opportunity for us? Absolutely. I mean, really, it's just common sense. You know, that's yeah. what we look at. What, you know, what goes in, what goes out, what's left over. It doesn't really matter where it's from. I mean, to some extent, it's got you got to be doing something ethically, right? Like, but yeah. someone on OnlyFans or someone in a cannabis business or someone that's, you know, self-employed and... Well, let's talk about cannabis. You know? I'm in the cannabis yeah. business. And, uh, um, even, you know, up until recently, just you know, people that were successful in cannabis or own multiple businesses, licensed dispensaries, things the right way mm -hmm. that would try to get loans from regular banks for mortgages on houses or to buy buildings. There was a lot of like owner financed weird stuff going on because nobody would, nobody would give them capital, right? Yep. You know, it's really tough to get that loan. I remember, uh, I've seen people put 35% down on a house in LA, which is like, bro, that's dead money to me. Like, going to buy a $900,000 house and putting 35% down on it is like, I mean, yeah, I'm sure the bank's happy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah. that's about as safe as it gets. Right. I mean, but, uh, it's, it's odd. And it was still like pulling teeth for these people to get this loan through this normal bank. Um, it's tough. I mean, and they, you know, it's, you know, it's a, a still a federally, you know, not kosher thing. Mm -hmm. So, it, they don't care. That's just the way they do business. You know what I mean? So do, right. you, do you, you guys do work with, with uh, people in those fields? That's cool, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've done loans for people buying houses that are in that business that own some of the really high-end stores that you see around here. Yeah. Uh, we've done deals for people that are on OnlyFans. Uh, one of the biggest actually... I guess models you can call it on there just recently bought a house with us really uh yeah funny that i say that i know it's I funny that you say do. that <laughs> but we also deal with just you know regular folks and uh people from all different you know financial situations we deal with people that have really poor credit scores uh, i've seen credit scores in the high 400s that we've really? been able to help out those people uh, and i've also dealt with the highest end of the highest end and maybe it's a timing thing or maybe it's an issue with the property that they're buying that it just doesn't fit in the bank's normal box where they need someone like us to come in and, and finance the deal for them short term. Nice. Mm -hmm. Are you guys only doing like one to two year loans or is it like up to 30 years? Yeah. So the differentiation comes when it's an investment property versus something that you're going to live in. Uh, if it's an investment property, it's typically one to five years you know, short term interest only type loans, kind of in line with what a regular like commercial bank would do. Uh, but 
Yeah, those For are those that term. don't know, understand what that means. So interest only would be... You just pay the interest every the month. interest on the loan, like the VIG on it. And you're, then when you sell the property, you reimburse or, yeah, for that project. Or at the end of the five years, you got to cough up whatever you borrowed. Right, exactly. So every month, your payment, you're not paying uh, You're not paying down the loan. You're just paying the interest paying on it. You're paying the interest. Yeah. And then for the people that are using the money to buy a house that they're going to live in or refinance a house that they're going to live in, or in our case, we do a lot of second mortgages where people need to pay off, uh, you know, credit cards or pay off if you took like a covid forbearance on your first mortgage which a lot of people did over the last two years and now you owe like a hundred thousand dollars in back payments to your to your first mortgage we'll do a second to pay them back and uh those loans are like 30 year fully amortized which means you keep the loan for 30 years and if you do by the end of the term it's zero there's nothing left so that's more like a traditional type of mortgage that you get from a bank but uh Again, it's funded by people. And yeah. there's a whole other side to it aside from the borrowers on the investment side where it's, you know. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask right now. Yeah, people with cash have a good place to park their money in a safe deal and an asset that has value, like a real tangible it's a piece of property that your name, you're listed as the, the lender on the title report. Yeah. You're secured. Uh, and you earn the interest as the investor. Interesting. And our company just earns a fee for arranging the transaction. Okay. And servicing the loan. Got you. So you're you're kind of a conduit between lenders and buyers and structuring these things the legal way that they need to be done. Exactly. Yeah. What kind of uh, uh, for a prospective investor, like what type of rates of return do you guys see in these opportunities? Eight to twelve percent. That's like incredible. Yeah, it's incredible for an investor. It's more expensive for a borrower, obviously, but. These are the borrowers that can't access traditional funds. And for, you know, an investor to put out money and earn interest, you're going to have to pay taxes on that interest income. So it needs to be worth enough on the investment side for it to make sense. So that's kind of the market today. And it's changing. Interest rates are changing. Uh, things are getting more expensive everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but 8 to 12% is still... Still solid. Yeah, where what we're are, at. What have you seen now with the... Uh, you know, you guys are in L.A., so with the L.A. market as the Fed has hiked rates and things have tightened up, what what how has that changed in your world? Everything's tight right now. Yeah, the whole I feel like the whole real estate industry. I mean, it probably gets busier for you if you're you're more free to lend money because so that's the, the banks are tightening up and, and not lending money out. It seems like they're not going to be able to at some point or people don't want to borrow from them. Yeah, I think we're actually the busiest we've ever been which kind of feels weird because there's so many people like regular real estate agents that have been crushing it the last like two, three years. And uh, just people in the regular mortgage business that were doing refinances, just like one after the other after the, the other rates for were low. so long because the rates were low, that whole thing's dry. Like Yeah, because nobody's doing that now, right? Yeah, but now, you know, everything's tight. Every institutional lender is tight. We've tightened up a little bit, but we still have liquidity and money to lend. And because we have a huge network of just people that are funding loans, uh, that hasn't dried up and we're, we're super busy, um, which is a good thing. You know, we're grateful for that. But uh, on the same time, you know, it's tough to see out there when you've got we, all of our business comes from other brokers or other sources and they kind of are in a position right now where like every single deal we're doing is like, it's really important to them. 
because it? it's yeah because you know they're not coming around as often yeah. so it's like there's a lot of pressure on our end we gotta are they trying to like deliver. force your hand in the in the sure there's a, yeah. there's and, a lot of pressures that way yeah. and be, because it's a creative type of loan scenario like every story is different uh, people really try to like push the envelope of what they can and can't get so we just have to make sure our underwriting is sound make sure our deals are in line with what we like and that you do your due diligence yeah. that these aren't these people are who they say they are yeah. with the intentions that they say they have and we want to do the right thing by the borrower we want to do the right thing by the person bringing us the loan and we yeah. want to do the right thing by the investor too like that's the goal just yeah the, the goal of this business is just to make a good loan a good person and both sides are happy and it works out for everyone yeah that's mm -hmm. that's that's a good thing because dealing with a financial institution that is you know federally insured and has all of these different there's so many loops you got to jump through and yeah i mean there's programs that people don't have access to programs that people don't know about for obvious reasons and and just you know and then there's a lot of things where like people have a hard time qualifying because of you know pre-existing you know things in their life you know doesn't mean that they're not solid for it. I see these memes all the time and it's like, you know, uh, I want to get a loan from the bank to buy this home. And they're like, no, you're just going to go, you're going to go rent it from this guy and pay his loan for him basically, but we're not going to give you the loan. You know, it's obviously <laughs> yeah. they have to live somewhere. They have to yeah. qualify for it, but now they're paying more in rent than they would on a mortgage, but you won't give them a mortgage, which is, yeah, it's there, kind of a fucked up scenario, right? There's a fun element to our business too. Cause we're not a bank. Uh, where it's kind of old school, like, you know, like you might listen to an old country song. There's a there's an old country song. I forget who sings it. But the guy said my granddaddy used to walk into the bank and he'd get a loan just by, the, you know, shaking the guy's hand. Guy didn't ask any questions. You know, there's there's some of that in our business still, which is like handshake cool. deals where people feel comfortable with each other, have worked together. There's previously. a level of trust and yeah. there's a level of person to person sort of relationship in our lending business, too, that. It's cool to be a part of a lot of times. Yeah. Do you see like, I mean, I'm sure uh, people have been working with you guys for long periods of time, developers and people like that. And mm -hmm. it's probably something that happens quite a bit where they're just coming back to to get quick money when they need it type of deal or for whatever mm -hmm. project that comes their way. Yeah. And some of them do really cool work. Some of them are really unique. We deal with a lot of uh, really buttoned up developers, but we also deal with a lot of eccentric, really cool, like unique people that have done I don't know, just you see some of these properties out there that have special flair to them or special taste or like a yeah. signature type of look and feel. And those those people that doing those projects, it's fun. That's that's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. Doing something unique that maybe a bank wouldn't see as bankable. But right. You guys understand the value to. And, you know, the borrower has so much passion behind the project that he's doing. That's cool to just get involved and you can go drive by the property. You can go look at where your money's going into. You can go see what's happening. You know, the person that you're lending to. It's it's cool like that. It's a cool way for somebody to get into uh, real estate investing, too, from an investment standpoint, because one, you don't have to be. Um, so involved in the whole process of everything but yet you know you're getting a decent rate of return and they can trust you as a conduit to put them with good people um you know because everybody tells you to invest in real estate but nobody really explains what that means to people that don't well, understand i guess talking about investing in real estate like let's say i was an investor what's the minimum amount i could invest with you guys 50 grand that's typically where we started off but i've had friends like 
that I grew up with that wanted to get involved before they had that kind of money to put into into a deal. And I've done 10,000 for some people. And my sister, when she first started making some money, she wanted to put some money into a deal. She put like five or 10 grand into her first deal. And we have other investors that don't look at anything less than $2 million, you know? So it's just, there's a huge network of people and, and it's available for really anyone that, you know, so you've wants built to it for be a part levels. of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the goal is with some of those people that are doing smaller amounts is to teach them, to help them get involved in something because you know that their trajectory as a person in business, whatever they're doing is to grow. And as they grow, they're gonna know about this, they're gonna know about this way to make Comes money. Back Absolutely, and they maybe in Starts five, off 10 years. Starts off 50 grand. They're doing t uh, $2 million loans in 10 years, you know, and, and they yeah. become that. And you have access to them because you, you helped them along the path and yeah, showed them the their way. relationship. And it's, it's really easy to understand real estate, especially houses. I mean, you can, you can pretty much figure out what the value is, know what you're lending against it, which you brought up 35% down earlier. Yeah. That's, we never really go more than 70% of a property value. So we do require, 30 you know, a good amount of equity or a good amount of cash down to do the loan. So as an investor, you're pretty secure because even if things go completely sideways, there's a big cushion behind you and in a protected real asset uh, as your collateral. So, you know, uh, it's, it is a good way to get involved in investing in real estate. Absolutely. So for somebody, as you say that like 30% down. So if somebody went, came to you said, I can't get financed by a bank. Hmm. I want to get a loan on this house that I'm going to live in. 30% is kind of where you would be at. Yeah, we'd we'd go up to seventy percent of whatever the value of the property is. Okay. Yeah, but then if you've got other properties you own, they're collateral. We can bring those into the deal, and then maybe you don't have to come in with any money. Yeah. You know, and there's collateral there mm -hmm. that you know your money's safe. Yeah. You're gonna be able to get it from. What's somewhere. it worth? What are we lending? Simplify it just to that. That's really what the business is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then yeah, you can earn like ten percent. Uh, and you know that you're invested in a property and it's cool when you when you my wife gets annoyed but when i drive around with her i'm like i did a loan on that one i did a loan on that <laughs> one i did a loan on that one yeah yeah oh that's that guy's story she's like can we talk about something else but it's, uh, it's life it's exciting it's yeah. fun yeah and you're passionate about it absolutely that's and, really cool and then when i was at your office the other day uh you mentioned something that blew my mind that you could take your 401k if you switch it to the right account and use that money to invest with someone like you yeah and want to re-explain that because so I'll botch it I do that and pretty much everyone that you know if you have a w-2 type job where you're just getting paid a, a salary usually your employer sets aside some retirement money for you if you're like me where you're a self-employed person you you know to avoid paying t a ton of taxes you set aside money for retirement you save it and a lot of times those retirement savings go into like e-trade Charles Schwab you've heard of those big name retirement accounts and it's stocks. I don't really know enough about investing in stocks without a broker or without it's, it's, you know, what do I do? Tesla? What do you do? Netflix? Like you have this, a couple you have Bitcoin the, here and SP there. SP 500, yeah, you know, honestly, the standard stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. but I don't really play around with that because I just don't know it. So I've taken all of the money out of my Schwab and E-Trade, whatever accounts those were and moved them over into something called a self-directed IRA where you have a custodian, there's a variety of companies out there that do it, and you can pick and choose what investments you wanna make, and they can be, you could buy property with that, you could fund these loans with that, you could 
you could still do stocks and other things. But what we do is we use these self-directed IRA accounts to fund loans. So my entire retirement savings is all invested in a variety of different loans. And, it's, and it's, it's accruing interest yeah. regardless of what the market's doing based off of mm -hmm. these loans and, and these structures. Yeah, because it's a fixed rate loan for a certain amount of time. So you're guaranteed to basically make 9 to 10% a year yeah. blindfold. Guarantee is a tough word, but, but you, know, yes. but, you know what I mean. But yes. yeah. yeah. And even if a person defaults, you're still on title for the property. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's as safe as you're going to get. I agree. I mean, and with the, the, the well, you if know, you do a, a hundred thousand dollar loan financial climate, we've heard the, we've heard the horror stories about pension funds and all types of stuff, firemen Enron all the way down to yeah. like all of these, uh, you know, manipulative, uh, guys that stole these big pension funds and all this stuff, you know, the, I think the NY, I don't want to say uh, who it was, but I it mean, was it, one of those. The, I think there was some big police forces that were obviously involved in like the Enron scandal. And mm -hmm. then uh, who was the guy that had the, the documentary about himself? The Bernie Madoff? Yeah, Madoff and these type of deals where like these pension funds have their money invested with these fund managers and it's a house of cards. Next thing you know, the pension funds done lost everything because this guy's a, a scumbag and the house came crumbling down. Yeah. I mean, they don't I mean, it's not the fireman's fault. No, they're just going to work every day and letting this hoping that this is being managed properly, you know? Yeah, it comes down to being in control. I mean, control I of think, your own future. Right. Control and understanding of, it a little bit more. And financial choices. literacy. Yeah. yeah. Being able to like our business is so simple. If I showed you a deal that we would be trying to sell, it takes five minutes to understand it. Um, it's very Can you simple. explain it to a child is the kind of You the, can the absolutely key. explain yeah. it to a child like look at this house. Yeah. It's worth a million dollars. We're going to lend $100,000 on it. So how long would it take, you know, if the borrower never paid, how long would it take for you to be able to, to get that $100,000 back before it's the amount of money of a million dollars? It's really never going to get to that point. No. Yeah. You're getting your money You're back. You're safe. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they never pay yeah. for 10 years. You You're know? still getting your money back. Mm -hmm. And then some. And the house will probably go up 10 years too. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. You're pretty cut and dry. Pretty cut and dry. What's it worth? How much are you lending? I mean, it's very, very simple. How long has the company been around for? The company's been around. Uh, originally, it started 30 years ago. Um, in the mortgage crisis in 2008, it got restructured. So the the company we have today, Marquee Funding Group, has been around since 2011, but the principals and the group has been around for 30 years. Wow. it's a long time. And I've been doing it since 2011. You have? Yeah. Wow. How did you come to that, into that field? So my dad actually was invested in a variety of these loans in 2008. He'd been doing this for a long time. He's in the real estate business on the commercial side and- He's always loved these investments as a way to just park money and earn interest. Yeah. Um, he spoke highly of it. Was... He spoke highly of this company. In 2008, 2011, every property went down 30% in value. A lot of the loans 
went upside down. Yeah. A lot of the borrowers, a lot of people lost their houses at that time. I lost remember their guys, properties. Before that, when they were just handing out the loans, obviously, we've all seen the big short in those situations. Mm -hmm. But I remember like properties, remember people buying houses in Palmdale that obviously couldn't afford them for like, I mean, I think the market out there and some of the like the five bedrooms is like four and 500,000 right before it, you know? And then obviously overnight, like, it went way, you know. Yeah, they lost their <laughs> they lost their butt. You know what I mean? So everybody was way upside down. They couldn't sell. They had all of these weird things going on. So I mean we saw firsthand that the the it was bad news, right? Yeah, exactly. And my first my first time meeting um the principals of our company was actually at two houses that my dad and a group of investors that were involved in those deals actually had to go through foreclosure on and end up taking back the houses. And um, That's a very, it was, it's the darkest of the dark in terms of- You never wanna do that, it's hard. Know. A lot of people, uh, we had another money guy on and he right. said he doesn't like to do personal because it's like- He doesn't wanna get personally involved. He doesn't wanna take somebody, right. it's, 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 it's a touchy situation, you know what I mean? It's just something he didn't like to do personally because of that situation. Exactly. Go ahead, yeah. Back then, it was so funny. It was like the wild, wild west. This business was, you know, here, it was literally just here's your property and here's what's it worth. Here's your loan. Like, don't give me any financial information. Don't do any they underwriting. It was all like, it was, it's all what they call it, spec like a. Yeah. A, it was just, there was no regulation of, either. It was yeah. just, people were just papering loans and putting them out like it was like candy. So, I mean, that also inflated the market a lot, but. When I was there that day looking at those two houses, they both were owner-occupied residences. One lady had actually smashed up all of the kitchen cabinets. It had been uh, a year or two foreclosure process. It was ugly. There was trash everywhere. Um, she had to vacate the property. She was damaging the house purposely. Purposely out of spite, spite out of anger. Yeah, anger, yeah. yeah. Um, her own situation. Yep, and you know because there, there's equal responsibility on both sides. Lenders were doing loans recklessly because they weren't underwriting them properly and borrowers were applying for loans they couldn't afford. So there's- Because they knew they were gonna get them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the next house we great, went to, the guy was showing us like all the dry rod around the side. He's like, when you flush this toilet, make sure you jiggle the handle. He's like, I know what happens when you don't pay your bills. Two completely opposite situations. But what ended up happening through that uh, experience was out of all of the lenders that were around at that time that my dad and a group of investors were involved with, not just this company, but a bunch of other companies, the way that they handled the foreclosure process, the way that they handled the investors in trying to recoup their money after taking back the properties and then eventually either renting out the properties and holding them or selling the properties to recoup their investments, uh, Marquis handled them the best out of all of these other companies, at least in the opinion of my family and the, that group of investors that was involved at the time. So that's how I got pointed in the direction of this company. And what we said they before- They tried to do the do right by the people that they had taken money from. Yeah. Even though it was a really fucked situation for everybody, mm -hmm. they tried to do their best to, to make everybody whole and and handle it the right yeah. way. And they did. Because a lot of companies just close the doors, right? And say, smell you later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially companies where you're involved in like a big fund where you don't have control. Yeah. Or like what you said earlier with pension funds where you don't know what deals are going in and what deals are going out and you just your money's just there and you really have no idea. 
So you still have to be careful with any type of investment to make sure you're doing it with the right people, that you understand the deals that you're going in. We give investors the opportunity to pick and choose which transactions they want. You as the investor get named as the beneficiary of the loan on the title report to the property. And that actually means a lot in terms of your security. Um, you also get to review everything about a transaction. And I can go into what that means, but lending on a property is really like the best way to learn about real estate too. Um, because the deal doesn't close without money, you know? There's an escrow company, there's a title company, there's a buyer, there's a seller. There's all these parties in a real estate transaction, but nothing happens without the money. Yeah. So the lender is actually the one that deals with all of the people and connects them and makes the deal close. And so you get to learn all the all that whole process as the investor and, and basically it's hard to how learn to, how all to that make deals happen. For fifty thousand dollars for a fifty thousand investment and actually watch it, you know, it's pretty cool to mm -hmm. be able to be a part of a bigger hole that you can, you know, I, I like to learn. I like to to you know, dabble in things and learn about them. And it sounds like a pretty good opportunity to, to uh, um, learn more about investing yeah. in the real estate market as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It will teach you a lot. Shows you the ins and outs. And then, you know, like you said. And it can 50. be a relatively short-term thing. Hey, I don't want to loan this money out for 10 years. I want to loan this money out for two years. Yeah. You can direct them into a way that, yeah, we have this two-year deal on this thing. Mm-hmm. It this could even be, be six fit. months. It could be sometimes really short. Like I just helped a guy do what we said earlier, a bridge loan where he has a house in uh, West Hills here in LA and he was buying a new house in Valencia. Uh, we used both houses and gave him enough money to buy the Valencia house without coming out of pocket at all. We gave him more than enough to buy it and cover all the closing costs and cover the interest for a few months. He's selling the West Hills house. We just closed two weeks ago. So he's paying back 60% of the loan that we just gave him two weeks ago tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And uh, the rest will sit there until he's able to go to a bank, probably three or four months. He'll go to a bank and pay off the balance. Then we'll just do another loan. Yeah. Awesome. Doesn't get much simpler. No, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good opportunity. And like you said, a lot of people are worried about, um, well, people that, you know, some people have more money to, to invest than others, but some people are worried about like, you know, have a hardship and then need access to money a little bit faster. So mm -hmm. having that kind of flexibility is, is, uh, is obviously a, a really good thing. You know, everybody wants to have access to it. And with the current banking crisis and this, the way things have been, this feels a lot safer. The banking crisis has been funny, actually. All of oh. our investors, I was worried if they were going to all pull back or what they were going to want to do or if they were just going to like... They probably went harder, huh? They went harder. Yeah. They said, get my money out of the bank, put it in something That makes more sense. Hard, hey, you I, know? I can look at you. I mean, look, we've had a conversation now for 45 minutes. It seems pretty cut and dry. I'm not going to sit down with the CEO of, of Deutsche Bank or, or HSBC or any of these other things and tell me where my money went. Mm -hmm. You know, I think most people are just realizing now that when they deposited it, it wasn't theirs anymore <laughs> to begin with. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I'd this. like to know where to show up if there was an issue. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. having a comfortable relationship and something that's a little more personal mm -hmm. and that you have a little more access to is a, uh, makes me feel safer. I mean, we all work hard for our, our, our money and, uh, you know, everybody wants to invest. A lot of people don't really know how to get started, but I think this is a good, 
it's know, a good way to get your toe in the water. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know about. And know? I would suggest if you're going to invest in hard money loans or trust deed investments, that's the same thing, by the way. Yeah. It's just different name for it, depending on who you talk to. If you're going to do it, just make sure you're with a group that explains to you the whole situation. They should teach you about who the borrower is. They should show you the credit report. They should show you the property. They should do an appraisal. They should show you the title report. They should have actually gone and visited the property. There should be insurance coverage with your name on it as being an additional person on the insurance policy. There's a bunch of layers of protection. So if you're going to do this, you got to make sure that whoever you're doing it with Important explains all insurance. of those things to you. It's important to be on the insurance because God forbid something happens to the property mm -hmm. and the insurance pays out one way. Is there is there like gaps there or something? Yeah, well, let's say you lend on a house and it burns down in a fire. If there's not insurance, your asset's gone. But what if the insurance is just like you're not a named insured? And then all the money goes to the owner of the house. Whereas. So now you got to fight them for it. Yeah, Basically. or hopefully they don't just take the money and, you know, walk away and go use it for something else. They realize the house eh, is not really could, worth it. They could potentially. Yeah, they could. Absolutely. It's their money. They get paid by the insurance company. And, you know, if they don't want to rebuild the house that burned down or had a flood and they just want to walk away because they feel like it's not worth it, they'll just disappear. So you have to be named on the insurance and make sure it's active uh, because then the check gets written to you and the borrower. Wow. And you guys have to mutually agree agree on how those proceeds are spent. Interesting. Yeah. Well, this is good food for thought. Um, Lots of good info. You got any other questions? No, my mind was just blown from that 401k thing he told me a couple weeks ago. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're coming the on the fucking podcast because no one's ever fucking told me this one. Um, what else would you like to share for people out there that maybe they don't know or about the company or about yourself? I mean... I don't really know if there's much more to share, but you, you other than a really good job of, of, of explaining it and keeping it I don't it think simple. that I've ever heard anybody explain something financial as, as easy and well done as you have in this. I feel like I didn't do that good of a job explaining it to a five-year-old, but would no, you explain we could, it cut, we could cut adult. that part. And, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. I think you did fine <laughs> with the five-year-old thing too, you know? Um, yeah. But I think that for any adult out there watching, I think they have a much better uh, uh, understanding now of all sides of these uh, arrangements, you know? And yeah. how you can get into real estate without technically owning real estate. Yeah. It's easy enough for me to understand. I don't understand a lot of the other financial, you know, stuff out there. Stocks, like I told you, I, every time I've done cryptocurrency, I've lost money. Every time I've tried to, you know, I time it wrong. I don't know. This is easy for me to understand. I'm fully vested in this. This is all that I really do. Yeah, compound, mm -hmm. um, you know, for a safe, like uh, Warren Buffett uh, type approach to things like, you know, compound interest. I know that it, over time my money will make money. And if this is a cut and dry thing of like you're putting in a certain rate of return. And I know that this is going to continue to flip. It's, it seems like a pretty good avenue for people to uh, to grow and beat the inflation that we're seeing all around us. Right. Yeah, I would say it's definitely a good hedge against that. And then maybe some more on top of it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, any food for thought otherwise that you want to give the listeners or I think you've pretty much covered it all. Yeah, I think unless I want to plug myself, I've, you know, Marquee Funding Group, Max Stone, and shout out to V who's sitting over there yeah, who yeah. Uh, set this up. He's pretending to be the director. I know we tried to get him on, but uh, 
He's not camera ready, you know. He okay. I think I think he I think he sent the star out, so <laughs> I think he did good, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll put your. Uh, where can people find you guys? We're in Calabasas. Open door policy, uh, yeah, but also marqueefundinggroup.com. You know. Awesome. M a r q u e e. Do you want people to? And I can get your email from you and plug it on the bio below if you want people to contact you directly so, so, or whoever. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you my email and. Uh, or whoever we can plug it in the emails exactly there. cool well, appreciate you coming on brother and yeah thanks for so having me any of the guys out there any of my guys that are in the cannabis industry that you know need to go buy a house or you know maybe have a project or something go I mean, buy a new building my man said that this is something that they uh will take seriously i know that you guys have a hard time so you know hit them up marquee funding i know that i'll be in touch anytime that we have something going on and see if we can work together. Um, it's really hard for these guys to find, you know, not that they're not good for it. And sometimes they're mm -hmm. too good for it, you know, and they kind of get the, the raw end of the stick, so to speak, in all of these arrangements, you know, we tend to pay more for everything, everything <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, and still get treated like we're like, you know, nobody, it's hard to get a lease. Hopefully that'll change. For, yeah. I mean, like, you know, how many people like you, it, it's interesting, but yeah. So, you know, cannabis field, uh, people that have outside jobs, you know, hit up Marquee and see if they can help you guys out. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your time, brother. Thank I you guys. This. Appreciate you both. Thank you. Make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe. See you on the next one.